Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of Digitalization Tech Talks. I can't believe we've already come this far. Thanks to you, our listeners, for continuing to stick with us. We really appreciate it. My name is Jonas Narender, and as usual, I'll be your host along with my esteemed colleague, Don Mack. So Don, how are you doing today? Hey, Jonas, I'm doing great, and uh, there's not even a remote chance I'm going to disagree with you. As long as the interest remains high in the content we offer, I think we're going to continue to bring new content on latest technologies to the series, and I look forward to continuing to monitor the progress as we go forward. Yes, absolutely. So let's get to today's episode, because it is no secret that digitalization continues to be a hot topic across industrial as well as municipal process industries. There's like one specific area where digital technologies have made access more manageable and available at lower cost, but at the same time also providing continuous value, and that's remote monitoring. Now, some of the key components of remote monitoring solutions include cloud computing, intelligent gateways, even cell phone connectivity, and all of those technologies have become so mainstream that they are now worth considering for even the smallest application. So think easy access to specific measurement points, inventory levels, collections of compliance data, for instance. No more driving and walking to check things at the plant. Right, Don? Yeah, I agree, Jonas. In fact, what we're going to cover in today's episode will definitely not help those working in the plants to meet their daily step goals by walking to every corner uh, <laughs> to collect the data they need to help run their facilities. But it does offer many benefits that we will cover in today's discussion. Good point. Good point, Don. So let's get to our guest. His name is Jack Rauschy, and Jack is a product manager at Siemens, where he works on digitalization solutions that enable remote and smart monitoring of process instrumentation. Welcome to the podcast, Jack. Well, thanks, Jonas. Uh, I'm happy to be here and uh, appreciate the chance to talk about remote monitoring with your audience. So before getting to the first question, I just want to provide a quick heads up to our listeners that we'll be touching on many topics today that we've covered in past episodes. So make sure to go back and listen to those episodes for even more insights. We'll make sure to make references to those episodes along the way. And with that out of the way, I want to first ask you, Jack, could you please share your definition of remote monitoring with our listeners? Yeah, remote monitoring is taking available information from instrumentation, transmitting it to a cloud platform, and then downloading that in a customer-friendly format to an app that's accessible on a phone, a tablet, or even a PC. Monitoring means that the information only goes from the instrumentation to the app and doesn't go from the app back to the instrumentation. Ah, that was a very nice and clear explanation, Jack. Thank you for that. So what would you say are some of the challenges associated with remote monitoring then? Because I'm assuming it's not all a bed of roses. Yeah, there are a few things that we, we consistently encounter. We get questions along the lines of, how can I get the information that I need into the hands of the people who need to see it, regardless of wherever those people might be physically located? If I convey information via a cloud-based platform, how can I be sure that it's safe? What kind of information am I actually talking about here? And can I see that information in a format that I can readily use? Well, sounds like uh, plenty of challenges, Jack. Uh, from your point of view, how does remote monitoring help solve some of these challenges? Well, that's, that's a great question, and it's actually a really good starting point. 
So today's process instrumentation gathers a wide range of information as part of its process measurement and also internal diagnostic design. If we use the example of a Coriolis mass flow meter, which handles a lot of different parameters, you can tell by the name specifically that it is a mass flow meter. So it's measuring in pounds, kilograms, that sort of thing. And for most processes, uh, this is exactly the information that customer wants to extract to create their end product. But it's not the only thing that the Coriolis meter itself is tracking. So by its nature, it's also an accurate tool for the measurement of process density. Now, density might not be essential to the process, but it could be a telling sign to a user of the quality of the product being measured and perhaps the, uh, the, the overall process health as well. And of course, knowing the mass flow and the density allows the calculation of volumetric flow rate. And again, while it may not be essential to the process at the facility to measure in anything other than kilograms or pounds, it could be that the supplier of the material being used wants to know how many gallons they need uh, to deliver and what kind of gallons are being used by their customers. So that could be critical to have it in a different unit. In addition, a Coriolis meter monitors the temperature of the process and that can provide information as part of assisting the end user, not just to the health of their process line, but also the health of the Coriolis meter itself. Now, over and above the different measurements that a type of instrumentation might have, there's also a host of diagnostics in almost all of today's smart instrumentation. In the case of Coriolis, for example, it could help measure things like block tubes or air entrainment, and that sort of thing could affect the process efficiency and also the instrument's health. So this kind of extended information is available in almost all of today's smart instrumentation, as I said, but it's not always utilized to its fullest extent. Now that begs the question of how you could take advantage of all that information or data that's sitting in the instrumentation. And I think that is one of the key questions related to digitalization that's on everyone's mind these days. You're, you're absolutely right, Jonas, and that really depends on the specifics of the instruments themselves. So if an instrument is an older design or a basic design and it, it involves an analog output, maybe one or a couple of four to 20 milliamp outputs, and maybe a couple of frequency outputs used for total, totalization, for example, then really they're just tied to the information that's being transmitted by the analog outputs of that particular meter. But as you said, more and more of the instrumentation installed in the field today is using some sort of data highway capability. A lot of them use HART, but it could be Modbus, it could be Ethernet IP, or even a host of other protocols. And if you have that data highway capability, it means that basically any information being monitored or transmitted by the instrument can be transferred up to a cloud and downloaded into a remote monitoring app. Well, for sure, Jack, the the many um, communication protocols that are available out there for the process industries definitely have a significant impact on what data you can access and, and how you can access it. We did cover those in another episode. Uh, it was episode 14, Digitalization to the Field. So you can learn more about there, uh, about communications with field instrumentation. Um, Jack, one of the concerns we often hear about is the security of cloud-based information and protection from hacking back through the cloud to the facility where the instrumentation is located. And obviously that's not a good thing. How can that be addressed? Well, I, I will tell you that one of the questions that we get virtually every time we talk about remote monitoring and we talk about a cloud-based platform is cloud security. So what you should do as a, as, as a 
customer who's looking into this. You should make sure that whoever your cloud provider is, that they're adhering to the highest levels of security. So you want to ask them what standards they adhere to. Uh, there are all kinds of standards, international, uh, U.S. standards, et cetera. And when they tell you what they adhere to, don't hesitate to go check it out and see what they're telling you and what it means and see if make sure that it's what you need to protect you and make you secure in the uh, ability of the, of the cloud to not create any problems for you. Now, it's worth noting also that while some process-related apps do have two-way communication, uh, we're talking today about remote monitoring, and a remote monitoring app is just that. It's monitoring only. It's receiving information that goes from the instrumentation to the cloud and then into the app, but it doesn't have the ability to send a signal back from the app to the cloud, to the instrumentation in the, in the facility itself. So as such, the facility has got a second layer of protection. Whatever your security system is for the cloud that you're using, plus the fact that the app itself is not designed to talk to the cloud, only to listen to the cloud. That's definitely a good point, Jack. Thanks for pointing that out. And also here for more advice on how to stay cybersecure in a digital world, we have the episode 13 where we talk about cybersecurity. We're featuring our cybersecurity expert Chuck Tommy in that episode, so make sure to go listen to that for more on cybersecurity. With that, let's move the conversation on to what a user can expect from a remote monitoring solution uh, because once they well, once they have their information in, in their hands, so to speak, what kind of features should they be looking for when evaluating a potential remote monitoring uh, application supplier, would you say, Jack? Well, you know, in my opinion, if you're looking at any type of a monitoring app, you should really look to see that it has the following capabilities. First, you wanted the ability to transfer the information via the user's network to the cloud or via a remote transfer like a 4G, 5G data transfer or perhaps Wi-Fi. Now, this could entail some additional communication hardware that needs to be provided that takes the type of signal, whatever it might be, analog, digital, et cetera, provided by the instrumentation, and then gets that information up to the cloud. Now, that's, in all honesty, that's not the customer's problem. That's the problem of the provider. But that data transfer should be, from the customer's perspective, seamless. Uh, as far as getting it from the instrumentation up into the cloud. So that's one thing. The second thing is you want to be able to use virtually any type of process measurement device with an output regardless of the technology. So whether it's a, a, an analog, a digital, whether it's a temperature transmitter, a valve positioner, a, a, you know, a flow meter, doesn't matter. Company A, B, C, down to wherever. So in other words, be able to take the information that's already sitting there in equipment that you've already got and use it. Another thing you want to look at is you want to be able to take the information that's gotten to the app and get it to as many users as possible. But at the same time, it's important as, a, as, as the user of the app, as the owner of the app, that you control who can see what. So it's not the app provider that sets up and does that control. It's actually the, the owner of the app, the one that's leasing it or buying it, has the ability to have that information not only protected as to who can see what, but also presented in a format and units of measure, that sort of thing that are meaningful to them. 
The next thing is you want to set up notifications. It doesn't do any good to monitor something if you can't, when you see something uh, that's important to whatever aspect of your operation that you, that you deem it to be important, that you can get information out to key people and they know that something has occurred. You've, you need to refill a tank, uh, an alarm has gone off that you've set up, that sort of thing. And the app itself should be able to send notifications as required to key personnel, and those personnel should be designated by the customer themselves. And it can be based on whatever specific needs both the sender and the receiver of that information might have. So whether it's by a text message, an email, a phone call, some whatever format and whatever message uh, makes the most sense to the user of the app. And lastly, you want to capture information. You don't want to just see what's going on now, but you want to get some history out of it. Uh, maybe it's history over a couple of days, a week, a month, that sort of thing, but also the ability to, to save information, grab that information, and then export it into a format that, uh, that perhaps you can use to analyze, do predictive maintenance, whatever it might be, but grab additional information. Well, those all make a lot of sense. Uh, and, and now that you've covered the general capabilities of a remote monitoring application, we have a good understanding of that. Could you give us an idea of who would typically be interested in doing remote monitoring? Yeah, that's that's a good question. It's It's been our experience that uh, people like plant managers, engineering managers, maintenance managers, those sort of things usually have the kind of questions that can be answered with a monitoring app. So the kind of questions that we hear uh, that 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 can be addressed are things like, well, how can I have more visibility of my remote processes, uh, like the tank farms I've got sitting out in the middle of nowhere, or the pumping stations uh, that are sitting uh, 20 miles away from my 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 main facility, whatever it might be. Another question we get is, how can I eliminate guessing or being surprised by inventory or other process variables? Uh, Again, another question would be, how can my offsite operators benefit from more visibility into the process and or the instrumentation health using the remote monitoring app? Is it budget friendly? Uh, can I do this without a CapEx expenditure? Can I fit it into my maintenance budget? That sort of thing. Can, I, can, you, can you help me avoid an unexpected shutdown and the potential of lost production time? And lastly, and maybe as critically, because everybody is dealing with less and less of a maintenance budget, how can I improve the efficiency of my maintenance team? So basically the features that I've already gone through answer most of the questions, but we've actually had users that have uncovered pleasantly unexpected features with the remote monitoring apps as well. So I guess at this point, we got to have some examples of those features, right? Do you have any that you could share with us, Jack? Yeah, yeah. So here's here's some of the feedback that that we've specifically received about remote monitoring uh, installations that that we have around the country. Uh, we had a municipal company that installed remote monitoring at a lift station, and they were monitoring and reporting on level in a holding basin. Now they needed to avoid any overflow spills in order to comply with environmental regulations and also avoid fines, et cetera. And then this happened, and I'm going to quote what what we were told. Uh, on October 20th, 2019, we received very heavy thunderstorms. There were direct lightning strikes all around the city, and one or two happened at the wastewater treatment plant. 
One of the strikes knocked out our in-office chart recorders for both the influent and the effluent flows. However, because we had a remote monitoring system connected to a level instrument, we were still able to monitor our flows for the effluent for permit purposes. It's been a real help for us to remain connected to the trends and flow totals. So that's first example. Uh, yet another example was uh, we had a company that was using remote monitoring to track their remote tank farm level. And they said that I really like the fact that I can formulate the alarms and I can give it to me in gallons instead of inches ahead. Well, that tells me so much more about my flows. Also, it's alarmed every time we've backwashed and I've received both text and email updates on all instances. In a slightly different example, a business was considering adding a PLC for multiple temperature monitoring, but found that with remote monitoring, they could delay that investment and utilize their existing temperature recorder. What they liked was, and again, I'm gonna quote, having the temperature reading in front of us gives us a great benefit in our ability to quickly react to process variations. We can easily notify our staff to resolve issues quickly and keep the operation running smoothly. And I saved my personal favorite for last. Uh, this was an individual who felt like he was so tied tightly to the facility because of critical measurements that needed to be monitoring or monitored. Remote monitoring resulted in, and again, I'm gonna quote him directly because I couldn't say it any better than he did. With our remote monitoring solution, we can easily track our chemical storage tank levels, which keeps our operations running smoothly. And I was able to go on vacation with the peace of mind that came from knowing my chemical tank storage levels in the plant at all times. Well, those really are some great examples, Jack. Uh, thanks for sharing them with us. And if you have them, we'll put more information uh, about them in the show notes with the episode. And uh, I guess as we kind of move towards closing, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, just to kind of summarize, if you don't mind, remote monitoring uh, is a safe and secure way to economically get information out of a plant and into the hands of people who want to see that information on the process. In today's world of working remotely and reduced on-site presence, it's a great alternative. So I've, I hope this has helped your listeners better understand the concept and maybe see how this type of tool might benefit aspects of their own operations. And I appreciate you allowing me to be part of your podcast today. No problem, Jack. It was really great having you on the show, uh, especially to share your insights and latest experiences with remote monitoring and to share those experiences with our listeners. I hope you listeners got uh, something really good out of it. That essentially brings us to the end of today's episode of Digitalization Tech Talks. As always, if you have any questions about the topic, you can certainly email myself and Don uh, directly, but you're also welcome to email Jack. We're going to put all of our email addresses in the show notes so you can see them there. And of course, if you have any comments, any thoughts or feedback on the show or some of the topics that we have covered or haven't covered, you can also, of course, reach out to us with that. We'd really love to hear from you so we can keep improving the show. And if you liked what you heard today, please help spread the word by rating the show. And of course, make sure to subscribe so that you're in the loop when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks.